0: hello hello you wonderful magnificent people you hello welcome you magnificent people you know i really cannot disagree with what my teacher taught me years ago about that word because we can carry so much uh, stuff we can go through so many things that are trying or difficult for us and still want to love and live and grow and flourish and contribute and be joyful. If that's not magnificent, I just don't know what is. So I'm welcoming you here today, uh, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever you are watching or listening to this from, this is Wise Woman Productions, I'm sorry, Wise Woman Podcast. Eventually there will be a production here. Wise Woman Podcast. My name is Amaya Victoria. I'm from the Amaya Center. I've been doing um, healing work as a channel spiritual teacher And whatever you would call me for, well, I'm going. I'm going 65. I started 25, so 40 years. No figure that. I was one of the first uh, uh, waves out of the gate for these great coming times that are upon us. In fact, I channeled that everything that is now PC, which wasn't when I first was asked to to open up, would become like just that normal, natural. And myself and another friend were like crazy, crazy worried on how that would happen. Oh, you have little faith because God has done bigger things than this. So here we are in the midst of a grand awakening that has the light and the dark within it. And it's my desire to bring to you each week, a a, a, um, different perspective. A a person who has a different perspective is doing something unusual, is doing something uh, abnormal in our world. Uh, based always in prayer and spirituality, but from those that put crystals and waters and charge the water to, as we have tonight, Ronnie, who is um, part of the Twilight Brigade, and we'll talk about that in a moment, and also a Ghostbuster, which is different than a ghost hunter from what I she just described to me. We're going to discuss that this evening. So I ha- I met Ronnie at the Twilight Brigade. I believe it was in LA at the Veterans Hospital. I took the, the weekend. Crazy at the time, I was so deathly ill, I thought that surely they would be doing that for me at some point, and thankfully not yet. And hopefully not for a long time. So, Ronnie, welcome to uh, Wise Woman Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here this evening, this morning, this afternoon. It's evening for us. You yes. know, Spokane, Washington, or I'm in vallejo California, and we're battling the same timeline here. So I'm just going to tell the people just a little bit And then we're gonna jump off from uh, there. you have a BA in psychology. Imagine that, I'm also a trained therapist. Can you imagine coming from that space and what the heck, right? She's been the president of the Spokane chapter of the Twilight Brigade Brigade Compassion in Action since 1998, under the auspices of Damian Brinkley, world-renowned author of Saved by the Light. She's also a certified national trainer for that organization, teaching volunteers how to assist veterans in hospice wards, and provide a loving presence at the bedside of the dying. Immersed in the world of metaphysics and spirituality for over 40 years, Ronnie was elected three times to serve as president of the Metaphysical Research Society of Spokane. She's an empath teacher, editor, intuitive counselor, medium, ordained minister, trained as an emergency medical technician. Good to have, particularly when you're a Ghostbuster. Because not only could you try to save their life, you can help them ease on out and you don't have to then go chase them down and take them to the other side. Oh, sorry. But the way he just worded that, it was like, yeah, I just got all the bases covered here. No, nothing over here to look at. We're cool. So Ronnie, let's start. Because these two things really go hand in hand. The Twilight Brigade and also... uh, ghostbusting, they really do go hand in hand because with the Twilight Brigade, well, I'll let you speak about um, how the Twilight Brigade really, too bad we don't have Damien on the show with us here, um, how you know it has come about and the services are obviously right now with COVID, I don't think those services are being used as readily, but the services that, that and why those services came into play for the veterans. So you have the floor, thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and you're a thousand percent right, Amaya. Because the Twilight Brigade and the Ghostbusting did go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It all started with uh, my sister's death, actually, oh, and, so I, yeah, and i yeah, and I was there for her. We had hospice, and it was kind of tough. And then not long after that, Daniel Brinkley came to town, and he was at one of the metaphysical shows, and he was doing questions and answers. And I happened to ask him, did my sister cross over? I was concerned, you know, did she cross? And he said, yes. And the more I heard about his hospice group, the more I thought, you know, that might be something that I can do to help souls when they're in that place of getting ready to make their transition, make sure they get through. So I took the training, the three-day training that you took. Um, At the time, I only thought I was going to do it for myself and for the healing of um, my grief when my sister passed, because that was the hardest thing ever in my life.
0: How long ago did she pass?
1: It was 1997. Wow. Yep. yes. Yep. And then I took the training in 98
0: Okay.
1: and uh, the beginning in 98. And then it was like something happened after that training. I found a purpose. I, I just, I can't even explain it. It was a God energy that came through me and I had a purpose. And so I started a chapter of the twilight brigade here and then i got us into the va hospital so i could be there and it took on a life of its own it was phenomenal and then i became a national trainer go around the country and train people because the training
0: as you know is phenomenal it's phenomenal it's very intense i remember the one the training i was at with you i remember looking I, i hadn't realized they had created an order an altar in the middle of the circle I remember looking at this altar, and they had—I had brought um, one of my indigenous blankets. Actually, I wound up giving it away to that the, the retired marine that day, that weekend. But uh, and someone had folded it up and placed it catty corner with the American flag that was folded up as if when you give to the family of the veteran who has passed oh. away. It was such a profound visual for me and with all the other gifts that were all around it, of this, this very profound honoring. Now, I know from what Daniel had said, but perhaps you can elaborate. The reason he began this, well, first of all, he was struck by lightning of, of like a godzillion amount of times. It's yes. Still like seven times, right? No, not seven. <laughs> okay, but he was still all around and about it. yeah he he was struck
1: once in 1975 that caused him to die for uh you know 28 minutes and and then he came back and wrote the book and then he was struck again by lightning I mean that's just so bizarre anyway and he didn't die that time so he doesn't really talk about it Uh, but then he died again having open heart surgery and then he died again having brain surgery and then
0: Anyway, so, yeah, he had a few death death experience, literally, but there was a reasoning and maybe you can explain that reasoning why he was really drawn to bring it to the veterans.
1: Well, I think part of it is because he uh, is a former Marine. There's no such thing as an ex-Marine. It's a former Marine. So he and his father was a a military person um, and he saw a need there. Because he saw that a lot of veterans were dying alone,
0: mm-hmm. and that's just not right. Mm-hmm. You know, they
1: serve our country; they they give so much.
0: And they were dying and, alone because some of them had mental illness and were their yeah. Had or people out. weren't
1: going. Yeah, nobody was coming to see them. Um, it was just very, very sad. So he developed this organization specifically to help the veterans to be at that bedside of the dying. And we worked out of the LA VA. And of course we have Spokane VA and some of the other- What would you do? Uh,
0: Can you tell without, of course, being um, inappropriate or giving away names and whatnot, how, how would you enter that type of uh, circle? Was it just you? Was it a group of you that went in? Or was there a process? You know, you, you're entered, entering a very sacred space when someone's passing, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's probably one of the most sacred times of someone's life. Birth is sacred. And then when they leave here, that's sacred too. So it really depended. I trained people. Sometimes I would go into a dying person's room (laughs) with 15 people (laughs) and just stand around and just love on them depending on where they are in their transition. Or we just talk or we just share. But the key thing we taught people is how to listen Mm -hmm. because these people weren't listened to just how to be that loving presence and to listen and to honor and I've had them die in my arms and it for me it was a great honor it was sacred when they take that last breath in my arms and they're doing it in love because we surround them in love it it was one of the most profound times in my life being able to do that hospice work and being there at the VA. I I probably have over 750 hours of volunteer time, more than that, because I got an award for that, but there was more. Um, it's needed. But people are afraid to die. You know, they're taught to be afraid.
0: And let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's a, a really important thing. I myself have gone through, you know, I'm getting up there. <laughs> Uh-huh, me too. Right? One of my one of the women I uh, who owns the Shocker shop over here, she said to me, you know, I really want you to work with my mother when she comes home. You know, she's she's 70. And I went, I'm only five years from 70. I am. I mean, you 70. know, that is that is, you know, it's like the like panic set in for me. Yes. And but in you my know, 50s, I went through a lot of nights really being panicked about the fact that I couldn't stop the inevitable. So, so yes. think about this and, and however you want to spin it, any stories you want to tell. I feel like you're like a real storyteller. So any stories you really want to tell with all this, and I think that's going to segue right into the ghost busting. Process. Absolutely.
1: You know, one of the things about working with hospice, you have to understand that there's no such thing as death. It doesn't exist. There's only transition, there's another place. It's actually, for me, I believe it's we're rebirthing back to where we came from. So when you have no fear of what's on the other side, you can go into a room of someone that's dying and be that love instead of the fear. Now, we are in human bodies because I believe that we are spiritual beings. We're having physical experiences in these bodies, and we're here for the evolution of our soul. So when you understand that as a spiritual being, there's no fear. But when you look at it from a physical perspective as a human, of course there's fear because it's the unknown. You know, we're that's the only fear that we're born with is the fear of the unknown. So it kind of makes sense. But because I also am a intuitive and I can talk to the dead, you know, I don't see dead people, but I hear them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel them. I can communicate with them. I know that there's more. I know that there's something there for us. I've also, I'm lucky enough to have experienced out-of-body type events Mm -hmm. where I've been out of my body. I've seen my body. I can feel, I can do, I can. It was the most glorious thing you can ever imagine. I've had many events like that. And so I know that we are spiritual inside physical form. So that's what helped me with hospice. And um, what happens, I've been studying this kind of stuff for, you know, again, a long time, I'm 70. And how I got into ghost busting was kind of an accident. I didn't even know I had the ability. a friend of mine was invited to a big mansion here in Spokane and they were having trouble with ghosts and so she said do you want to come I'm gonna come sure I'll tag along what the heck and um the owner of the mansion was telling us about a little girl that comes and plays practical jokes on the the it was a restaurant at the time practical jokes On the patrons and she's pulled tablecloths and blown out candles and just everything, anything to get attention. So while she was explaining about this little girl, I started getting visions of what happened to her and what happened to her family and how her parents were murdered in that mansion. And just these visions just kept coming and coming. And I'm like, whoa. And so. I didn't know I could do that. Did you tell them?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't know. No, I was a good good company.
1: company. Yeah, no, you're right. They sort of locked me up. (laughs) So then we walked upstairs. The owner said, you know, we have a problem up at the top of our, you know, the, the top landing of this mansion. No one wants to go up there. We always hear footsteps, footsteps, walking back and forth, pacing, 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 and nobody wants to go. So I said, okay, let's go up there. What did I know? You know, at the time, I knew nothing. It's like, well, okay. And as we started to walk up the stairs, we were hit with a wall of apprehension and negativity and fear and, I mean, just so much mm, emotion. When I got up there to the top, I saw what was going on. There was a maid who used to work at the mansion. She was pacing, 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 and she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Then she went into a big clawfoot bathtub. She gave birth to the baby. She wrapped the baby in towels. Took it downstairs to the trash and threw it away. Mm, mm. That enough was enough to make me sick. Not long after that, maybe the next day, she was you know, so over. What,
0: sit, sit with sorrow for her. The pain that that what she yeah. she threw away. To
1: she you know, was we're not so desperate. About
0: this generation or twenty years ago, we're talking hundreds all of years. This- oh, this was, ago. yeah,
1: this was back in the the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, is what I could tell from the the clothes that she was wearing, and she was Irish, and she was kind of the 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 reason she was pregnant is because the the master of the mansion uh, decided, you know that she was just property and he had his way with her and she got pregnant. She did not even tell anybody she was pregnant. She was so skinny because they didn't hardly eat. She hid the baby with big clothes. So she, didn't, nobody even knew she was pregnant, but she had to keep her. They, she knew that if they found out she was pregnant, she would get sent away because then the master would have been found out. Right Was so sick. So she was so guilty. She was Irish Catholic guilty, not because she killed her baby, but because she didn't give the baby a proper burial. I mean, that was her her thing that she paced and paced and paced again, just paced, 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 went into that same bathtub and killed herself, slid her wrists, and just bled to death. So at the time, I did not know how to bust a ghost. Um, I just knew I could communicate with her. And she was telling me, she's like, I'm so unworthy. I said, well, you have to kind of go back to God. No, I'm unworthy. No, I I can't. I can't do it. And the only Yeah, I I got lucky because I watched I don't know if you ever saw the show um, Touched by an Angel Yes, (laughs) I loved that show back then so I remember you know how she used to talk to these ghosts and so I just said well God loves you God will forgive you Um, anything I could think of and finally I kind of saw like a tunnel open up and angels come down and take her I was like oh That was trippy. So the coolest part about that was, one, they never heard the pacing again, ever. Uh, The energy shifted there. And two, unbeknownst to me, on the second floor below, the owner said, you know, let me show you that clawfoot tub that used to be up there. And she opened a, a closet, like a big storage closet. And there was that tub that I didn't even know existed because it wasn't there you know, when I was seeing it. So that was very cool. Mm. So ghost busting. what people don't understand is that ghosts are souls that are trapped. They are lost. Sometimes they don't know they're dead. They do not evolve in a place that they are. They are trapped. And what makes me mad about the ghost hunters, don't get me started on that one um they find ghosts they got their little meters oh yeah there's a ghost here yeah there's a ghost there and then they leave them there oh so
0: cool. for many years watching their shows i would say they need to pass let them pass on they need to ask yes. that on because yes.
1: exactly but they don't because they don't understand it a lot of people think ghost hunting is so cool it's like, yeah, there are there are so many ghosts around everywhere, but when you understand that they're trapped and they're lost and they're stuck, and they sometimes again don't even know they're dead, it's not fair. It's not right. So, I have a partner that I do the ghost busting with. Her name's Laura Lee, and many times we'll ghost bust a house, but then we'll open up a tunnel home. And call the ghosts in the neighborhood. Literally, it's like okay, you know, here's the town of home. If you want to go, you can go. And sometimes there's cemeteries that ghosts will come out of, and they
0: just come out of the woodwork, literally. And, and we send them home. Any other stories that come to mind around this experience? And what is the difference then between ghost hunting and just impressions of the past left in homes? or in the walls of homes or you know it's not really the people or the places anymore these are holograms these are impressed energy
1: yes and 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 we have come across it you know sometimes we'll be called in for a ghost and and we'll check and there's no soul there but it is energy, because energy doesn't die right so an energy like energy attracts like energy so many times, if it's uh, a lot of drugs or anger, it's the heavier emotions, the, the fear, the anger, the pain, the drugs and all that stuff, it will form an energy that then affects everybody that lives in the house and then their energy vortexes. So there is a huge difference then between an impression of something that happened and to me, I believe it's just the veils are thin and you can perceive it. You can perceive what's happening. And then when there's an actual soul that is stuck there. And sometimes there's two ghosts in the same house that don't even see each other. They don't even know they're there because they don't resonate. at the you same
0: tell, story perhaps.
1: Well, we, we ghost busted a place that um, had a husband and a wife that died.
0: And so they were usually at different times
1: close to each other.
0: Okay,
1: close within weeks.
0: Okay,
1: they both got stuck, but yet they didn't see each other because they resonated at a different level. Mm-hmm. And it was sad. I thought that was really sad. So we were able to cross them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. we can when we open up a vortex oh i have so many stories yeah. so i have that book i wrote a book it's called got ghosts and uh it's What's it cool got
0: ghosts and it's published by
1: it's self-published but you uh-huh. can get it on amazon okay amazon has it got ghosts the bizarre but true tales of the ghostbuster gals okay
0: we've
1: been doing it for 20 years
0: um, I want to back you up before you start these stories. You may mention that you have been this way a, a long time. When was your real first experience with the paranormal, or even with being an empath? Or what they call an empath now. I, know. I was the same way. They didn't have names for. them. Know. Yes. Now they have to have names for everything. You know, uh, d- just a, a being who, who this destiny. Is really to walk between both worlds here. How how? When did that happen for you? That not that you realized it. But when was the first time you can remember? And then when did you? You didn't realize it till you walked into that mansion or that manor. But still, yes.
1: You know, when I was very young as a child, I was always empathic. I always wanted to protect the underdog. I was always friends with. The people, the kids that everybody made fun of, always empathic. I got beat up once because I was trying to protect a a little boy that they were teasing. I couldn't stand it, you know, even as a very, very young child. But the funny part is I grew up very pragmatic. I didn't, I was an agnostic. I didn't believe in angels. Now I'm, they call me angel girl. (laughs) So I work with angels.
0: I'm glad you um, mentioned I, that because I saw that on your, what you had sent me. And I was going to say that I, I had not expressed that, that you really feel very connected to the angels.
1: Yes. I didn't know that until I was sitting in a huge group of people. And we were listening to a spiritual person talk. And I was, you know, exploring. Um, and he picked me out of this group and just said, you know, you are very connected with angel. I went, oh. He goes, especially St. Francis also. It's like, oh, well, I love animals. St. <laughs> Francis, see? They, they know. Big. they, they made
0: angels and she started. Yeah, with yeah. angels.
1: So I didn't believe in any of it, nothing. And it took me many, many years of exploring and opening. And uh, when I moved to Boulder, Colorado, um. I actually found God because like I said, I was an agnostic. I had taken a class on the power of alpha thinking because when you're in an alpha state, brain state, miracles happen. So I was interested. I thought, I'll check this out. And so in a meditation, I found God. It was very cool, you know, I'm older. That's like, I like that. And so I started reading books. I didn't believe in reincarnation either. I don't believe in anything, but I read a book called In Search of the Soul by Jeff Stern, and it's like, whoa, you know, this this is real. Um, it convinced me, and then my attitude was, if I'm so wrong about so many things, you know, I need to keep an open mind and uh, and just kind of explore. So I explored many things, different religions and and different ways of being and just all that stuff until I, I don't know, I just condensed all the things that resonate with me and started working on my own intuition. I, I would work under a pyramid because my ex-husband was a master pyramid builder. And so I would- Well, meditate. that's not a it? No, I know. <laughs> there are no coincidences. <laughs>
0: you know that. <laughs> I know, but I just-
1: Yes. But no, yeah, absolutely. So I just worked on it. You know, I wasn't the kind of person that was like, bam, born psychic. Uh-uh. I had to really work at it. I was always born with a big heart and very intuitive and very empathic. Um, but I had to work on the ability to communicate with the unseen, to communicate with angels. And then um, another quick story how I really started to wonder, you know, actually I thought I was crazy when I first started all this. Um, Oh, there's so many different things. It's like, okay, where do I start? I'll start here. So I was getting ready to go out to, this was many years ago, go to the stores, brushing my hair in the in the mirror mm-hmm. and a person an ex-boyfriend that i found out had died three days ago came to me and he's like well i said what are you doing here and he's like i
0: don't know <laughs> like, it's, okay. not funny. it's just so human no they that- be like uh, no, what? i don't what what you know what all i, I know is i'm connected i feel connection i gotta go somewhere i feel that that's what it was
1: that's exactly what it was because he didn't even die near where i was living and i said to him i said you know you're dead you need to go (laughs) go somewhere um and he's like i'm not dead it's like yeah you are he didn't see he didn't even know he was dead and again i didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. but i i just called upon the angels it's like okay, I'm connected with angels. Oh, let's call the angels. Once he saw the angels, he was like, whoa, I'm really dead. <laughs> I can <laughs> go. And he took off. So little things like that got me, you know, more and more curious, <clears throat> more and more realizing that I have that ability to, to talk to the dead. Yeah. Uh, and then I've just worked at it. And that's I what that's what well
0: most time. I see the dead as well. I'm the little boy in the sixth sense. I see, the, I see that people. So, um, that's so cool. If we watch, if I'm listening to your life and I can just see the one hand off to the next. So, you're in this process of uh, looking at married to a man who makes pyramids. And for people who don't know, these are, they're generally made out of metal piping, are they not? Some of them are. Some of them are plastic. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, it has to be copper.
0: Oh, that's, like copper,
1: metal. that's right. Yeah, big ones. In fact, right. I got married under a big uh, copper pyramid that that we brought into the the church at the you time. Can,
0: you all can Google that because they will show you the copper pyramids that were supposedly I, I would imagine Atlantis, lemuria Egypt, uh even oh, Sirius, yeah. uh, you know, and that's not we're serious, but the the dog star Syrian. That's where also, I came
1: through. <laughs> the yeah, dog could,
0: star. I'm um, um, also dog star yeah really? nice to meet you. once again no That's wonder we're connect it yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so so if you could go look at these pyramids they're not just they are they're mo- they are dimensions they're not just be beep, beep they are, they have many sides to them they're used and they need to be light. you can sit inside <laughs> people put crystals in the copper they will put lights, generate infra, infrared. They do all forms of, it, it's a generator. It's a, it's like a focal it's point. A, right. Really. That's exactly correct. So you're moving along this place here where then you, your your sister is passing. And I, I want to talk about, I don't know, maybe she's here, who knows? She, I'm really drawn to your experience. There's two things I'm drawn to, and then we're going to jump forward. Uh, to the other stories of the ghost busting and also the angel work that you do, the, the, the full range of things. You know, I remind people every time I do the show that these guests are phenomenal and to themselves, but they're human. They, we all have human lives. And sometimes it's almost like the opposite of what our gifts are in some ways. So what was it like for you, Ronnie, as a human being coming up? Wow, what was it
1: like for me as a human being? I love that question. I, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. Um, I guess, you know, again, I was practical, but I was open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that really changed my life was in college. And <clears throat> I was in my senior year, I was, you know, I, studying psychology and I was doing an independent study with my professor, who was PhD professor. And when I walked in, he said, Ronnie, I want you to do your independent study and your research on astrology. Well, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> my, my jaw hung open. It hit the floor. I went, excuse me? you are a very intelligent man, you have a PhD, and you want me to do it on astrology? What kind of crap is that? (laughs) So he said, you don't have to do it. But I would really, I think it would be really good for you. This was the turning point in my life. Because I went and got every book I could possibly think of on this thing that I thought was some you know, woo-woo. voodoo, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the more I read and the more I studied, the more I realized there is something to this. And again, it was that question in my mind, man, if I was so wrong about that, what else am I wrong about? And that started that journey of reading other books and being open to things. But that one professor in my senior year of college started at all. He must have seen something in me, I guess, because he never said to anybody else, do it on astrology. It
0: could have been a full agreement. It could be intuition. It could have been yes, absolutely. Someone tapping him on the shoulder in spirit saying this is what she needs to do because this is an this is one hand to the next for her. By the way, folks, it's for all of us and in every level, not just these big spiritual ways, but even in life. Asking you shall receive, knock, and the door shall be open. Oh, that is
1: so true. That's so true. And I think, you know, after that, one of my uh, other big events that that shifted me was a friend that moved in with me. She was a roommate. And she started talking about how we choose our lives and that um, we're in control and we choose it before we come in. Um, which I thought was the biggest bunch of hooey. <laughs> it's
0: like, what?
1: Are well, you crazy? What? I said, I would choose, what? <laughs> yeah. People choose to be poor. People choose to be sick. What are you, crazy? And so we would take walks and she'd just throw these ideas at me. And then one day she said, oh, Ronnie, you're such a little light worker. And I said, what's a light worker? I didn't even know what a light worker was at the time. This was back in the 80s. And she introduced me to the Seth material. Yeah, you know by Jane Roberts. Oh, really, really.
0: I very rarely hear the Seth. That was it. Was very hard for me to read the Seth material. it's Very it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. But that was that was after the book I read. Um, when dreams may come. <gasps> after, that was my awakening book. Was when dreams may come. Yes. Not the movie, folks. The book.
1: The book. Yes. I didn't even know there was a book yes, because that movie book. also.
0: When they and then <clears throat> I was with my teacher, Evelyn Isidore and someone brought about the set material. I've never truly gotten through it because it's been it's so dense. It's like the Course of Miracles for me. I love talking about it and taking snippets, but I don't yeah, I, study it. I, I just don't, can't.
1: Um I'm, I'm with you on that too with the Course right. of Miracles. Yeah, yeah, I get it, but it's like I'm not going through it. Okay. Um, but the set materials, what I liked is I read the fictional fictional parts of it called the Oversoul Seven books. Yes. That was mm-hmm. that was her fictional version of taking all the Seth material and putting in something a little more palatable, understanding that um, you know, there are so many different dimensions and and I haven't read uh, the name of these books in years. years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's what I cut my, my spiritual metaphysical Deeper, right. teeth on. <clears throat> yeah. What was
0: her, name? Jane. her name was Jen. Jane. It was Jane Roberts. Jane Roberts. I had the name. Jane of her, Roberts. Girl. Jane Roberts.
1: She died young. You know why? She trans-channeled. It's the worst thing you can ever do. She would allow that spirit of the Seth. Um, I think she called him Rupert, but she In would Rupert, allow him yes. into her physical body and it burned her out. I mean, I channel. I can channel, I channel angels. I like can know. channel. Yeah, but yeah. I don't allow them to take over.
0: No, she, she, was, she wasn't really cleansing herself <clears> They said it was from alcoholism. I, I think she drank a great deal, but that's probably yeah. with everything else that was, it was happening was you,
1: When you allow a spirit that's in a whole other frequency as you to enter your body and affect it in that way, it's not good for our physical. By the way, that's one of the things I always say. There is no such thing as a good ghost. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, I have grandma. She's living with me and she, she she does and she's okay. It's like, uh-uh, because any ghost is a different electromagnetic field than us. And what happens is it sucks on our field. It sucks on our energy. Our immune system goes down. We get sick. We don't have as much energy as we usually do. So I always tell people, no, there's no such thing as a good ghost. They all need to go back where they belong, which is Mm -hmm. I call it home, Mm -hmm.
0: which to me is back with
1: God. But anyway, so I digress. That's part
0: of it. You know, my mother came to me several times. Three days after she passed, she showed up in my bedroom by the window with my grandmother, both of them talking and then in a dream. And then uh, when I was in the middle of my own, a lot of physical illness, she showed up several times. I would just see her face. She showed up around my youngest child a lot and we smell her perfume uh, every so often around my youngest child. I just recognition, particularly around this time because she likes Christmas so much. You know, I don't think she comes that often but I know she's not going to accelerate to the other side because there's an agreement with myself that she has to, she has agreed to um, finish it.
1: Absolutely. And I believe everything is soul agreement and soul contracts. and, And even to when we die, the minute we die, we choose it. You know, being a hospice volunteer, I know that for a fact tell you a funny story about my sister
0: yes please we got all we digress but i really i, know. I to see where you had come from in your childhood your family yeah but also, there's something about your sister's death that i'd like to just without getting inappropriate or causing pain no, or no. Harm at all you know
1: it's such a fascinating story um so she had bought a house in spokane it's spokane by the way not spokane oh, um, spokane i know everybody says that <clears throat> um she bought a house and when she was and we had hospice and when she was close we had a hospital bed for her and I I lived there and we I had a nurse come in to spend the nights because I didn't know anything about death I mean nothing at the time I was like freaking so I had a nurse but one night I decided to go home to my own house which was about five miles away and I wanted to go in the hot tub I wanted to relax because you know being there for somebody that's dying is very 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 stressful Mm -hmm. and so I sat in my hot tub and she was kind of comatose for like days and days and days but I sat in my hot tub and all of a sudden I perceived her her spirit and I'm like what are you doing here you know I guess that's my stock question what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> going to be to that maybe we should what? change the question up like what the, how can I help you, you what is it? yeah really <laughs> what are you doing but she said I'm trying out my wings quote unquote mm-hmm. I'm trying out my wings and I said well that is very very cool and I said listen your body I will take care of your body as long as you want because again it was comatose but we were taking care of her I said as long as you want But if you want to be out of here, you can get back in your body and stop that heart from just going and going and just continuing the body along. said, it's your choice, you know, whatever you want to do. Well, that night I went back over there and I could see that there was a shift in her. And again, thank God I had that nurse there with me. And it was about midnight and Little after midnight, actually, and I looked over at my sister because we were sitting right there, and it's like, oh my god, she's not breathing. So now I'm freaking. <laughs> I, you know, you think stupid things. Like I, I wasn't trained. I run over there. It's like, do we do CPR? What do we do? <laughs> and the nurse is like, No, she's gone. But, 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 no, she's gone. It's okay. But the nature
0: of life is to live. I mean, that's just the nature. yes.
1: And you want you just you know, it's instinct. <laughs> But here's the coolest part. She died at exactly 12.02, two minutes after midnight. Now, why is that important? Because 12.02 was her PIN code for everything because it was my father's birthday, December 2nd. So 12.02, all of her codes, everything to her banks, to her everything was 12.02. And that's the minute she died.
0: And that's like, what was being asked before forward is her love for your father and the connection and how she was it. going to make a statement. Absolutely. So one she last was... eul- eulogy yes. to you and your, your father and the family before she left.
1: Absolutely. Um, it was incredible. Um I've seen it also because as a hospice volunteer, you know, I was I'd be on call and I remember getting a call at like 4 30 in the morning and they would say, okay, it's Mr. R. He's starting to go down really bad. I'll be right there. I'd get in my car, I'd drive to the to the VA, and I'd get to the door and they'd let me in, and he they'd say he just passed because he didn't want me to suffer. You see, sometimes, I've seen it, people will hold vigils for their dying family member. Vigils, they'll be there all the time, they're exhausted, they're tired, they finally say, oh, I, I, let's go get something to eat. They walk out, boom, the person dies.
0: Happened with my mother, the see? hospice was there, my, my stepfather was there, he, he was diabetic. He went to get something to eat, he said he would be back. He was not oh. like 50 feet down the hallway, 25 feet, and they called him back in. She had passed away. Yes. One of my mentors used to say many times a soul doesn't want anyone there because they it, they have to focus. They have to let go <clears throat> internally to go. That's, that is part of it. However,
1: I also think they do it for us. They think it would be too hard on us yeah. to leave, to die with us there. And so they They wait till they're gone. Yeah, yeah, my favorite patient, Ed. I won't go into all, all of it, but I spent many, many nights in the hospital with him. And I said to him, you know, Ed, if you choose to leave this world, make your transition with me here, I would be honored. And he said, really? I said, yeah, I'd be honored. Okay. So that very last night, We call it midwives to the dying. That's what hospice volunteers are, midwives to the dying. And it was last night was miserable. And he'd say, I just want to die. I just want to die. And I'd hold him and I'd say, Ed, you're only at four centimeters, man. You can't go yet. You're only four centimeters. (laughs) Like a birth. And then hours would go by. It's like, oh, God, I I just want to die one that I said, Ed, you're only at seven centimeters, man. You can't go yet. You're just not ready. Because I could tell. You could just, you could see the signs. You could do all the things. At the very, very end, when I knew it was ready to happen, I took him in my arms. And I said, Ed, 10 centimeters, start pushing, baby. Start pushing.
0: Look at the chills.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I did too. It's like, oh, my gosh, my whole leg's lit up.
0: Yeah, my shoulders and my arms.
1: And so what happened is he took that last breath in my arms in ecstasy. He left this smile on his face of ecstasy. Now, usually when you die, don't look like that. Most people die like this. I shouldn't say it, but it's ugly. Mm -hmm. So... He left that ecstasy face as a gift because we all loved him so much. We loved him. He was a younger person, younger man, And all the nurses, I brought the nurses in and they all saw him in that ecstasy. And it was a gift. It was a total gift. That's why hospices is, is such a part of my heart. Because you help get them out, out of that fear. And that's what Daniel Brinkley's story is about. He gets hit by lightning. He dies. He doesn't go to hell. Now, this is really, really important. He doesn't go to hell. If anybody deserved to go to hell, it would be him because he was a bad man.
0: He was really bad. He talks about this too. He's
1: not. Oh, yeah. He's
0: not. He's not. Anything you're saying here is, he's very um, transparent about all of this. He is. Yeah.
1: He. He was a trained um, killer. A trained assassin he killed people he beat people up he was not a very nice man he did not go to hell and if there again if there was a hell he deserved He'd to be, be the there. first
0: one on the door step, right
1: he would but he got to experience the love that's over there it's all about love everything is about love and he was shown visions of the future which a lot of them are coming true and have come true But when you tell that story to somebody that's dying, especially a veteran who doesn't think they're ever good enough to go to heaven, because that's what they've been taught by their religion. You're not good enough. You did bad things. When you tell them about him being greeted by by love and, and light and not judgment, that it's not about the judgment, it allows them to let go in peace. And I've had that happen so many times where a person wouldn't, they were so afraid and I would come in and I would just talk to them and tell them the story. You know, it wasn't just tell them the story. Would you like your story? Okay. Well, let me tell you about this man. <laughs> it was really bad and he was hit by lightning and died and he didn't go to hell. So it lets them um, relax and let go. So, yeah. The hospice was incredible and so now with ghost busting yeah I was say the whole...
0: let's move over to the ghost busting where you these people have not had that gift before they pass sometimes it's they sudden didn't. death and they they just don't get that no one's prayed over their bodies before they're passing i mean you know i think a lot of what's going on in the earth right now is we have so many people through war and through some very dogmatic positions about what's right or wrong like with the, the East, Middle Eastern countries, even our own country passed away. You know, where are the prayer circles? Where has been that place of the fanning them yes. out of this world, regardless of how they lived? Yes, no, you're exactly right. We have so many it's, young people doing it too. You know, the, 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 the addiction rate has like gone through the ceiling and the suicide
1: rate and the suicide
0: yes. rate uh, particularly with COVID uh, but before that because they're cutting everything with fentanyl now no yes. one can really get help with the depression you know it's one thing to talk to your psychiatrist uh, in person or over telemed it, you know it's totally different isolation is not the best thing for us even though I have a loner in me, I need time alone some people need more my daughter's way introverted she needs a lot of time alone so the COVID wasn't that bad for her, but she went out to work every day. She's an essential worker. Yeah,
1: and that's so, a whole different thing so, than being locked in the yeah,
0: house. And locked in the house and no one's talking about how are we going to um, hurl in these people who now have been damaged by this. And we're not gonna discuss with COVID and what's happening. That's a totally different show, a totally different time. Not right now, but what are we, how do we as a community not wind up like you and I with uh, 50 million houses to go get those people out of because they're, in, they're, they're caught in the last memories, they're caught in emotion, they're caught in history, they're caught in whatever that place that needs to be unwound. And by the way, when I do the work also, I do see that portal open, I hear it also. And I don't see the beatings per, per se, but I can feel them. They're specifically yes. signed for this type of deal.
1: Yes. And
0: they, they, they just pull them up and, and they're gone, you know? So let's Absolutely. talk about the ghost busting and, and let's finish up then towards the end of this because we're coming sometime soon towards the end of our session together, our, our wonderful discussion together about... Um, I don't know, let's see where it goes once we start doing the ghost, ghost busting thing or the, the helping of the entities and um, the beings. Any other stories you have that even closer stories now because you know we're in a time where you know, I know people who are quite young who've died, died from the addiction thing, and, and have it's suddenly died. The addiction,
1: people that die of drug overdoses, They go to a really ugly, ugly place. And the only reason I know that is because I had to rescue a soul from there.
0: Hmm, It it was,
1: yeah, a friend of mine, her daughter died of a drug overdose. And I went searching for her. She wasn't in the normal places where you would be. And uh, it's hard to describe, you know, everything comes through your own filter. So what it looked like to me was like a big, huge, I'll call it like, an, like a big gymnasium, but it was dark, dark, dark and dense. And there were so many souls just laying, laying down on the floor, curled up. That was, that's how they were, just laying like this. It's like, oh. So I found her and it's like, wake up, wake up. And she's like, because they, they, They maintain that fog of the drugs, even when they're dead. Mm -hmm. They maintain that if they don't cross. So I woke her up. I said, you know, you can come with me. I can help you. And she's like, oh, you know, it was like weird. And I had to kind of help her. The door to this place was open. It was like anybody could have got up, opened the door and gone out. They weren't locked in there. But they were so fogged out from their drugs. They just didn't know. It was like a limbo. It was like a weird place. I was able to take her out and, and save her and, and send her home back to the light. Um, there's places like that. Even Daniel talks about it. Levels that a lot of military, military die in that awful way they kind of go to the same place, like energy, like we talked about, like energy attracts like energy. They're not very nice places. Um, And it's important to remember that most suicides do not cross. They get stuck. And then they're many times stuck in a time loop like that made at the mansion. She killed herself. She was in a time loop, pacing, had the baby, killed the baby, back, Pacing, 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 killed herself over and over and over again. It's like a hill. Mm-hmm. God never sends us to hell, ever. We're all
0: God's children. Where God then is, is the mind. line when, you know, there's all forms of birth, living, and death. And we, we all have to experience all forms on every level. Or at least have other, the experience being given to us from everyone else who's doing. The line where suicide might just be a form of death. That they need to experience in a lifetime, or overdose maybe just a form of death they need to experience. Well, I have a dear client whose son was hell bent on 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 drugs and died a little over a year ago, twenty four years old. So, what sometimes that's if not, you know.
1: Yeah, sometimes that's the path because I believe we write our our little story to live here. The main parts of our story, what we want to go through whether sometimes you want to experience disease and heal from the disease. Sometimes we want to experience a disease and then the disease still also heals us when we leave. You know, we, the one thing I know, even after 40 years of studying spirituality, metaphysics, all of that stuff is I don't know anything. I have my best guesses, my experiences of what I've learned and, and pulled together um, but even Danyan, who's been dead three now four times, I I always say to him, you well, know, just because you've been dead three times doesn't mean you know everything. I don't think anybody does. You know, there is a book um, called uh, "The Afterlife of Billy Fingers" that is really excellent book. It's um, Annie Kagan wrote it. "The Afterlife of Billy Fingers." He actually dies continues on so it's not a near-death experience and then channels the book through her his sister and so you get more of what the other side is like interesting from that perspective yeah i think it's a very very cool book um but that being said with suicide i've had one suicide two suicides is that our signal
0: no that's not our signal but Last time, this will be the last time I have a home line. <laughs> I can
1: just make faces. No.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I've had two suicides that crossed. Both of them were severely ill and didn't want to their family, especially their wife, to have to go through all this crap with them. They knew they were dying. Mm-hmm. And the one especially, he set up a big cloth, you know, like a plastic uh, cloth and laid on the cloth and killed himself. So he didn't even make a mess. (laughs) That's a different kind of suicide because that's doing it altruistically for others. Um, And he was gonna die anyway. Mm. But what I find is if somebody loses hope And they kill themselves because they're, I have to be careful how I phrase it. They have no hope and they just don't wanna go on. It's, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And if they do that before their actual contract is over, then they get stuck and they repeat it on and on and on. And um, yeah, so that's been my experience. I, I had, my trainer for twilight brigade my compassion and action trainer mark god bless him he killed himself by train death by train and he was stuck
0: and he had to relive it over and over and over again so and yet there can be salvation like from people like yourself always, to get in there and and open the doors to the light if they're willing to go always always
1: that's the thing to remember. God will always be there. Just right,
0: let's, let's end on something about God. And you just open your mouth. I'm just thinking it as you were talking the last story. Let's end with something about God tonight. Yes, God. God is everything to me. I am
1: not a religious person, but in my belief, and science is actually starting
0: to prove this now. God is in all things yeah the, and that was, our thing on Facebook about it being our our genetic is the code that actually the word God in Hebrew comes out in our genetic coding
1: oh
0: no. I' have to send it to you
1: please <laughs> please uh, I always make a joke you know that God's Jewish right he had to be Jewish if Jesus was his only son and Jesus was Jewish it's like what does that make god that's don't that's just a joke it's only a joke
0: folks it's only a joke. it's a
1: joke But God is in all things. There is no thing that is not God. And that's how I do my ghost busting. People always say to me, are you scared? What about demons? I don't believe in demons. But what about evil spirits and all this stuff? It's like, I believe there is no thing that is not God. It is in every breath that we take, every cell of our being, everything in this universe has the God energy of love in it. And they've proven it. They've done research because, you know, nothing is solid. They've proven that in 1930s with the electron microscope. It's not solid. There's space between the molecules. There's a lot of space. Now they're saying there's 99.9% space between all of our atoms. And the reason we don't go through things that our chair and our floor and this table is because we have an electromagnetic field that we go up against. So we don't go through it. I've seen people manipulate that field and put their hands through people, through human beings, through psychic surgery. I've seen it.
0: Also. Yes.
1: So when you understand that they've taken that frequency, that that the the fabric of the universe that that binds us all together. You know, I grew up in the '60s. Love is all there is. You know, <laughs> love is the glue that binds the universe. together. I was a '60s kid, so. Their science is proving it because now they measured that space, the frequency of that space. And they found out that the fabric of the universe that's holding everything together vibrates to the same exact frequency as love. That changed my life. That was the last thing that changed my life. I heard Daniel was the one that taught me that back in 1999. Mm -hmm. So when you understand that God is in all things and every breath you take is God, you can let go because God's perfect and that means everything is perfect. It may not look perfect. It may not feel perfect, but there's a perfection to it. All designed for the growth of our soul. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. So that's my God's story and I'm sticking to it.
0: it. Thank you so much. And before we go, and I I will, I'm going to do as I do every week. I'd love to read this um, prayer from the manual for teachers in the Course in Miracles. On page 72, I would say 73, it's 72, folks, sorry. Right. Um, and before we go, Ronnie, where can people contact you? Okay, well, Facebook, Ronnie Renee. Can um, you spell your last name, please?
1: Yes, it's, it's Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, R-E-N-N-A-E, Ronnie Renee mm-hmm. on Facebook. Ghostbustergals.com. They can always find us there. That's where you can get Got Ghosts." It's a funny book, too. It's not a scary book. It's funny, but it has some really intense stories in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so by going to GhostbusterGals.com, you can look at our book. And you can there's a place where you can contact me under Angel Girl. Because I'm the little angel girl. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. And I work a lot with Archangel angel Michael. So um, that'd be a good place. But you'd like our book. It's good.
0: Yeah, good. We're gonna we're gonna have you back. There's no doubt about this. Because Archangel Michael's the one who opened me to the channel. So we're probably from the same clan, you know. I know we are. You know.
1: Yes, the minute I met you, Amaya, I knew we were connected. Really? I was so ill at
0: that time. I can't remember that, but thank you for that. I do remember it very well. Yes. All right. So here we are. And now in all your doings, be you blessed. God turns to you for help to save the world. Teacher of God, his thanks he offers you. And all the world stands silent in the grace you bring from him. You're the son and daughter he loves. And is giving you to be the means through which his voice is heard around the world. To close all things of time, to end the sight of all things visible. And to undo all things that change. Through you is ushered in a world unseen, unheard yet truly there. Holy are you, and in your light, the world reflects your holiness. For you are not alone and friendless. I give thanks for you and join your efforts on behalf of God, knowing they are on my behalf as well. And for all those who walk the God with me, I say thank you. And Amen. Amen. My name is Amaya Victoria. You can contact me at, at amaya at amayacenter.com or go to my website, amayacenter.com. You can also contact me on Facebook, either at Amaya Center or Amaya Victoria. Twitter is Amaya Victoria and Instagram is Amaya Center. Until next time, folks, God bless, Godspeed, and don't forget to breathe.